You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we live in a very strange world that has changed considerably. So at one time, of course, we had Google, then the parent company became Alphabet. And now with Facebook, the company, the parent company is Meta, as of the time that we're doing the show. I don't know how that's going to go down with the public or who cares. I don't know why anybody cares whether Facebook has a parent holding company called Meta. Do you care, Tim Swartz? I don't know. It just always makes me think of uh, probably um, something from the Marx Brothers. You know, what's the matter with you? Hey, I like that. (laughs) Paulino, what do you think? Well, I've been losing sleep over that, Gene, uh, for a week now since I heard about it. And, uh, you know, form over substance. That's what matters. (laughs) That's right. That's how our world is, form over substance. More into substance. There's a published report now that the head of NASA, Bill Nelson, some of you out there who follow politics will remember that Bill Nelson is a former U.S. senator from Florida. He appears to favor the alien solution. Have you folks looked into that yet, Paul? Yes, I have uh, crossed the paths of a few aliens in my time. I think that um, we have a lot of people coming out of the woodwork now who hear about this Pentagon alleged uh, disclosure situation and say, well, the government's talking about it, so therefore it's okay for me to talk about it. So they'll come out with their ideas. The alien solution, not to be uh, cynical, but I'll sit in on panels with my son Ben and, you know, some of the big names in ufology and the question of disclosure will come up. They'll speak learnedly about how it would be this year, next year. They get to Ben and, and, and myself and I'll you know, we'll say, all right, a show of hands, who believes what the government says? Everybody groans, you know, in the audience. I kind of groan too. I, I don't think this has anything but an agenda and I just, I'm not all that uh, much of a believer in disclosure. So uh, the alien solution, we'll see what he says. I'm not saying there aren't aliens. I'm going to run into them in all sorts of different forms, I believe, in cases over the last 50 to 51 years. And, and it's difficult to deny that there's something there. I don't know. I just I just don't think it's uh, the information is going to be accurate, complete, or even true. Point of this Pentagon UAP task force Unless they were doing something, we would have no need for it. Not because somebody publishes an article in the New York Times that there was once a $22 million project that included some UFO coverage. That wouldn't bring about something like this. Former Senator Reid, well, he's out of Congress. He's retired. So how would that bring anything? Indeed, they're not going to do it for Senator Marco Rubio. So why would there be such an organization, such a group? Well, I think in order to uh, satisfy the public, well, 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 what did Stanton Friedman say about Project Blue Book? It was a PR exercise. Now, maybe it's legitimate. You know, I could be, very well be wrong. Uh, but I think people have to realize one thing that's rather important, and anybody who's rubbed elbows with the intelligence community will tell you this. There is no the government. It's a bunch of competing, bloated agencies that are uh, fighting over turf, and some have the information, some don't. So I'd like to know which agencies, you know, we, even within the Pentagon are really pushing this. And uh, if it's legit, I mean, I think, Gene, they, they essentially consider us children. They use the term existential all the time. 
which is uh, really as, as one with a degree in philosophy, existentialism means you know the ability to, to look at things as they are, to sort of uh, plan your own life and everything else. And the people who use the word think we're all too dumb to do that. So I, I don't know what they're, they're trying to do. I just don't trust it. I, I really just don't. Well, I have a mixed opinion about government. I think we have all these and more, especially in the military where there's that turfdom. And we see that portrayed, of course, on TV procedural shows. So like an NCIS show, somebody comes over from DEA or FBI and they're fighting for control of the case. Or in a Law and Order or Chicago PD show, somebody's in from the feds and they're basically juggling. In the real world, that's what happens. You know, a lot of these things, yes, they're fictionalized, but they base the way procedures are done and they base the way they do things on reality. And the reality is that the agencies deal with turfdom. What we're seeing, for example, with the Pentagon UAP task force report is that it's mostly a naval document. As far as the Navy is concerned, there is no Air Force, I guess. Well, the Navy seems to have had control of this from the beginning, this information, at least so it seems. Uh, what that might mean, you can speculate about, you know, underwater bases and things of this kind. You can go all the way back to uh, the uh, 40s and 50s for that, Ivan Sanderson and, and that group. And, and uh, you know, maybe they're right. Uh, I mean, I, in 1984, I talked to a member of the Puerto Rico legislature uh, at his house outside San Juan, and it's uh, right on the coast there, and, and he and his family were sitting there having a, a cookout one day, the previous year in 83. This huge light comes up out of the water about a mile offshore, sits there for a minute, and then zaps off into the sky. His entire family saw this, and of course that's the Mona Passage, which supposedly has all sorts of activity going on uh, under the water when it comes to UFOs. So, I mean, you tell me. I mean, something's going on, but whether they're going to re report it accurately to the likes of us is another another question. I mean, it's like dealing with the Vatican, almost. We forget the Vatican has a division which is interested in science, in astronomy, and does not dismiss the possibility that there are extraterrestrials. Of course, then... The obvious question is, does E.T. believe in Jesus? Well, that, that's a good question. And one of the most popular lecture programs that Ben and I will present has to do with religion and the paranormal, particularly UFOs and aliens. And what's really is interesting is that I, I have a theological education, although my degree is in philosophy. I, I was in the seminary for many years. They didn't ordain me to anything, probably rather wisely. You know how things work, and you've studied the stuff. Uh, in in our, our lecture program, we present, you know, which religions could best accept aliens and, and, and uh, this sort of thing, and, and which could accept them into the religion. Well, Pope Francis apparently doesn't know his own theology. I mean, he said he, he looked forward at one point to baptizing aliens, and maybe he was kidding, unless, unless you have sort of the black spot theory of original sin, unless you are a child of Adam and Eve, as it were. You wouldn't need baptism. There, there are all. There's been all. There have been theological speculations that really over the centuries about other worlds. Not a lot, but some. Uh, would they need salvation? Did Jesus save them too? That sort of thing. So these are all up in the air. Now, oddly enough, uh, the sort of the the other side of the coin 
with ancient Christianity are, are the uh, the Orthodox, like the Greek Orthodox, Russian, Syrian, et cetera, et cetera, Egyptian. And their point of view, they don't have this black spot theory of original sin. Their idea of baptism is a little different. You could baptize aliens. doesn't matter where you're from in the cosmos or the Greek word cosmos, worlds, uh, th- that would be um, that would be just fine. So it's it's an interesting point. I've had contact at the Vatican, as it were, through seminary studies. And in fact, my brother was a prominent priest. And um, one of them even worked in the secret archives. There really is such a thing. And um, but but, you know, it's you know, like they're going to tell me anything. But uh, they do have a very they've had a longstanding interest in science. The whole Galileo thing was mostly political. They did respect him as a scientist. Uh, the popular tales are mostly baloney. Uh, but they do have, the Vatican does have one of the finest observatories in the world on a mountain in Arizona. I've never been there, but but it's, it's, it's active, and they do have a great interest in science. Some people would say they know something about alien visitation in the past, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But there is a great interest there. So uh, I guess once they get their theology straight, they might get somewhere. We'll get somewhere in a moment. We have Paul Eno, Behind the Paranormals, the radio show he does with his son. And, of course, we have Tim Swartz, who's responsible for Conspiracy Journal and 10,000 other books. we got more to come with Gene and Paul and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. 
Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea helps build the red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R-T-T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. You know, Paul, you know, when you mentioned that you were in seminary school, what occurs to me in my mind the lyrics of a song called The Soft Parade from The Doors. And what was the first uh, line? When I was back there in seminary school. Really? I don't know anything after Bach. I'll read you the lyric, by the way, and they'll sue me later. There was a person there who put forth a proposition that you can petition the Lord with prayer. And he repeats himself twice. Petition the Lord with prayer. Petition the Lord with prayer. And then he shouts, Jim Morrison, you cannot petition the Lord with prayer. And then the music starts. Well, that's a revelation for sure. Probably. Well, I don't know if you want to get into prayer, but I mean, very few people, I think, understand what it really is. They think it's, you know, saying words. Uh, you know, you, you even in, in films that, that portray monks, they're saying words. But in fact, a prayer, uh, and then this has paranormal spiritual connotations because the whole approach to the paranormal has religious and spiritual implications uh, big time. You know, prayer is a state of being. It takes great work, and of course, we don't like that today. We don't like to put, have to put a lot of work in anything. We want it right now, uh, which is why a lot of um, dead ends will occur in people's lives, I think, in modern society, in my opinion. Uh, but prayer, um, the, the merest beginning of it is what Christ said, or was said to have said on the 
you know, during the Sermon on the Mount, you know, the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. Just the very, very beginning. But it's a state of being. It's funny, um, when I was in Australia in 1979, I would spend some time with an uh, uh, Aboriginal elder. He, I don't think he was more than four feet high, but he was really a uh, tremendous uh, fellow because he, he usually, they usually don't talk to outsiders. And I was getting into the uh, some uh, really weird aspects of the paranormal at that time, uh, starting to wonder whether the old theories were any good. And I pretty much come to the conclusion that they weren't that we're looking at more uh, the bizarre aspects of physics than, than superstition or dead people. And he said, yeah, yeah, you're kind of on the right track. And uh, we got talking about the Star Trek as well, because he would watch Star Trek with his grandchildren. And he said that Mr. Spock is up a gum tree. And so I had to think about that one's an Australian expression. He essentially was saying that the love is a state of being. And, so, you know, really so is prayer something you live not something you say so i i know that's relevant to anything you wanted to talk about but uh when it comes to um the church and prayer and this sort of thing it does lead to the to my conclusion that is it, we're wrong to approach the notion of advancement uh you know we, we mentioned oh they're more advanced than we are some alien civilization well, the advancement to us we assume it means technological advancement and as I'm always saying, where does that get you? Who was the, who was the most technologically advanced country in the 1930s? Nazi Germany. Where'd that get us? So as a result, I think we ha I would rather deal with a civilization or live in a civilization that is advanced morally and spiritually. And I think everything else comes from that. Well, of course, what happens here when people claim to be channeling aliens, they are always giving us, well, the aliens are more spiritually advanced but what does that have to do with having a fancy bag of tricks? Are we more spiritually advanced today because we could produce a personal computer with 60 billion transistors in it in the size of a, you know, little size of a tiny square? What has that done? What has the Apple MacBook Pro done to make us more advanced except to have a computer that works faster? I'm no Luddite. Yeah, I don't want to crowd out Tim here if he wants to get in here, uh, but uh, I, I think we're, we're like a kid who's found a stick of dynamite. We're drunk with technology. We do with technology what we've done with the religion. We make it an end in itself. A religion or technology are all supposed to be tools, you know, and they end up becoming ends in themselves. You know, religion is supposed to be a tool to respond to your idea of God. All right, and, and faith at all is supposed to do that. But with tools, you know, we, we've got computers, and the technology becomes an end in itself. And look how it's being used today. I mean, we, we could be looking, and, and this could be inevitable, at, at, at a society where everybody can very easily be controlled. You imagine what Hitler could have done, speaking of the Nazis, with this kind of tracking technology today. Well, you know, imagine, he, for example, I know Tim will jump in a moment. If Hitler had Facebook or Meta or whatever it's called or Twitter, imagine yeah. what he could have done with those tools. It's I don't want to think about it. Well, you see, one of the cultural memes is, of course, that the big social networks censor conservative thought. And the truth they found out with these Facebook papers, all these confidential documents that have been leaked is the reverse is true. That they enhance yeah, conservative oh, thought true. and move it farther to the right. They don't take liberal thought 
and move it farther to the left, and I do not understand that. Well, that's a good point. I don't know if I want to get into that, but there, one of the things that, that might be uh, of interest in, in the paranormal context would be things that, that Ben and I have found and our colleagues in uh, what we refer to as flap areas. Now, we had to invent an entirely new vocabulary, really, just to talk about many of the concepts that sort of came to the fore in my work anyway since the, the 1970s to deal with um, overwashes and intersect points, identity points, the flashing nexus, things, you know, all these things that I'd never even really heard of before. I, I ran into them in, in this field. And, of course, I think you, if you have an open mind uh, and you hope it's not confirmation bias, but you tend to run into things that, that go way beyond dead people and this sort of thing. One thing we run into in flap areas, as we call, which are sometimes hundreds of square miles where, where there seem to be inordinate amounts of paranormal activity of all different kinds that are not traditionally associated with one another. Ghosts, uh, phenomena in proximity of Bigfoot, UFOs, things of this, of this kind, what uh, UFO researchers are starting to call crossover phenomena because they're starting to recognize this. Uh, you have these things going on. And you always have, at least in, in the six flap areas that Ben and I have looked at in depth, you run into the military or something that looks like the military. And I'm thinking particularly of the Litchfield Triangle in Connecticut, as we call it, which is now about 330 to 340 square miles, as we've already gone over to the Hudson Valley of New York State. You've got all sorts of strange electronic things going on, technologically speaking. There's Mohawk Mountain, and you can drive up there. It's a public park. And there's, uh, you know, the garden variety cell tower, perfect place for it. Uh, in proximity to that is, is uh, you know, and my, my military experience is like 40 years old or more. And, but still, I've never seen anything like they have on, on this other tower. Uh, and this is the area where there were seemingly changes, uh, public changes in behavior. Uh, trends w would take place particularly around 2010 through 2012 uh, in conjunction with some military activity that was going on at the same time. Uh, there would be people driving on the, on the left side of the road. We're going to drive no. on the right side of the road here because I'm going to be a contrarian. Paul Eno, yeah. Tim Swartz, and Gene Steinberg, you're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com.
USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The U.S. president among the leaders of the world's biggest economies who on Saturday at a summit in Rome endorsed a global minimum tax on corporations. That move by the group of 20 was hailed by U.S. Treasury Chief Janet Yellen, saying it benefits American businesses and workers in particular. G20 finance ministers in July had already agreed on a 15% minimum tax, but it needed formal endorsement at that Saturday summit in Rome. Yellen predicting in a statement the deal on new international tax rules with a minimum global tax, quote, will end the damaging race to the bottom on corporate taxation. As the nation's vice president rolled up her sleeve to get a COVID booster in Washington on Saturday morning, Kamala Harris told reporters, The vaccines are free, they are safe, and they will save your lives. This is USA Radio News. Democrats are looking to finally pass that infrastructure and social infrastructure bill next week. A leadership aide telling The Hill on Saturday it could happen as soon as this upcoming Tuesday. An aide for Democratic leadership also saying that committees were notified by House leaders to wrap up any changes on the spending bill by Sunday. The House Rules Committee could meet as soon as Monday to try to make sure lawmakers can take action on the House floor soon after that. Some bad weather has been delaying air flights, but American Airlines especially impacted, also blaming a staffing problem. However, Baldwin also said he can't make any real comments on the shooting, which killed cinematographer Halnia Hutchins and injured director Joel Souza. He explained that's because of the ongoing investigation with the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Department in New Mexico. But he said of Hutchins, She was my friend. The day I arrived in Santa Fe, I took her to dinner with Joel, the director. And this is you. USA Radio News. As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again... 877-279-9422. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. By the way, you haven't been on the show in a while. The as you know, Tim Swartz, he does stingers for the Paracast that change. It's like he becomes another person each time he well, does Tim, it. Tim, you have some questions of Paul that you'd like to pursue? Well, you know, the uh, the conversation is, is, is fascinating. And, of course, I always like to give our guest 
more time <laughs> than jumping in with with a lot of opinions on my own uh, but you know i i think that uh, uh, paul was making a uh, an excellent point and and gene you actually started the thought talking about religion and and technology but you know we have seen really i mean throughout history how paranormal events and I mean, go back to you know religious events as well. Seems to take the opportunity to manifest itself through technology. I mean, we have now uh, entities who are emailing people or calling on cell phones and things like that. And as Paul you know mentioned, in some of these flap areas, you're having uh, some of these cell phone towers with equipment that's. And of course, the definition of you know what is you know par- you know the paranormal, but uh, you know somebody's putting up stuff that seems to have mind-altering characteristics, reality-altering characteristics. I mean, you know, what would you say, Paul? Well, possibly, but first, I want to say that that we're very proud to have Tim as a uh, guest co-host from time to time on Behind the Paranormal. Now, so uh, Tim, uh, your your age has begun here as far as uh, the glory <laughs> of uh, radio. So, thank you. But uh, to, to answer your your question, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, anything is is possible. Now, I, I'd like to just digress a bit to say. That, uh, you know, you mentioned the term conspiracy theories, and everybody goes, you know, they roll their eyes and they, they fall over and all. But I think we have to put that in context. The, you know, the fact is that conspiracies are the power behind all of history. I mean, in, in 44 BC in the Senate House in Rome, um, all these guys didn't spontaneously decide to jump and, and stab Julius Caesar. There was a conspiracy, a rather complex one, before that when that happened. Uh, in 1939, when the Germans invaded Poland from the west and Russia invaded from the east, that was a conspiracy between Hitler and Stalin. There was a secret protocol in their in their non-aggression treaty that said they divide up Poland, and this goes on and on and on throughout history. So conspiracy theories can be real. Are there technologies today that are too crazy? I don't know. I mean, I've never really been a conspiracy theorist, but I think I'm getting there. You know, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I think um, the technology is is uh, is there. It can be used for good. It can be used for bad. And of course, follow the money because that seems to be where things will lead when it comes to what is being used for 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 whom. Uh, but as far as these uh, technologies and areas like these triangles are concerned, you know, may have nothing whatsoever to do with what's going on, but the bizarre changes in behavior on behalf of, uh, I said, on the part of the public, I should say, they, they just raise some questions. And when I was in the military, I had a clearance. It wasn't very high. And when you have a clearance, it's not that you know everything. It's, it's core mission and need to know only. You don't automatically know stuff. So, but yeah, you, know, you do rub elbows with people now and then, and you pick up a few hints that, that things are, in a way, not really what they should be or not being used the way they should be. And again, this is decades ago for me, so heaven only knows what's going on today. To think all this started with discussions about the Pentagon's UAP task force. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's just, I think they've been studying it all along. They must have been, and you now I hear things here and there that, that that they certainly were. Projects will 
seem to end, but they'll ta- actually take on different names, move to different locations, sometimes change some of the personnel. But th- they've been researching this stuff and at least monitoring it. You could say from the 1890s, and when things started to become more public because of the media in the 1940s, they really had to do something and say something because people were frightened. So uh, the exact train of, of events is, is difficult to know, but it has been a train of events that's a long train and has been uh, ongoing for some time. So uh, n- none of this is, is new. Uh, a lot of it's for public consumption. And, you know, I mean, you know, we've all had our experiences, I'm sure, with, with UFOs or whatever. But the the question of, you know, I'm big on, and, and Gene, will, and I should say Tim will tell you this, because he's been on our show a lot. You know, we're very big on defining our terms. You know, what do you mean by UAP? That, 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 that's pretty much relatively obvious. I'm light, you don't know what it is. But what do you mean by alien? Uh, I run into poltergeists and uh, what we refer to as, as parasites, even during exorcisms in the 1970s. And uh, th- th- to me, th- these were aliens. These were alien beings. Maybe not necessarily from another planet, but certainly from another world. You know, they're not necessarily the same thing, other planets and other worlds. Um, and that's why we're always saying it's really the first day of school. And, and we have to kind of get beyond the labels that we put on phenomena and entities and things, because those are our definitions that we, th- we think we can understand. The label may not capture the essence or the definition of what's actually going on or what this thing actually is. And... Um, in like uh, we've talked about this on the show before, 1974 Bridgeport, Connecticut case of working with that Lorraine Warren and a priest. I stood in that house and I was attacked by a thing that was alien. These are supposed to be demons. It was physical. Uh, it, you know, we had a physical confrontation, and it was just it was uh, it was it was beyond anything that, that I had imagined. It, it wrecked my belief system. Because, you know, well, all we have is our belief system. And at the time, I was a, a seminary student, so I had that belief system, and uh, such as it was, to explain things like this. So, um, I, I don't know, I think we, we have to be very open-minded uh, without going nuts, and uh, keep in mind that, that there's a lot to learn and that the labels aren't good enough. Well, that situation that you were just referring to, I mean, you actually grabbed a hold of this thing. Well, I didn't really grab it, but it 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 pu- I pushed against. I was trying to defend this little girl who I put behind me, and this, you know, a parapsychologist would say she she might have been the agent behind the poltergeist. But I don't think any of that's good enough. I haven't believed that in decades. But in any case, this this thing I I could see it in a way. It was very transparent, and I pushed against it, and, and it was like it was almost. And I'm no anatomist, but it was like a, a bird-like sort of a skeletal structure. And I was totally blown away. It got around me, threw the girl across the room. But I think one of the um, the odd things in, in, in research that I found in ensuing years was uh, the very ancient concepts of of the uh, – well, what the Sumerians called – and my ancient Sumerians are a little bit rusty, but Akakaru – ghost, or if you break it down etymologically, life-sucking ghost, mm-hmm. like vampires. And I get the impression right off these things were parasites. I was interesting, the Sumerian god Nergal, 
who was a little bit ethereal, sometimes described as a warrior. And uh, most of the Middle Eastern ancient gods had horns, interestingly enough. Um, And he's always described as having horns, Nergal. But he is described as having bird-like characteristics. Now, I'm wondering, certainly, the ancient uh, folklore... Of which, which, which I would describe as the vessel of the memory of the human race, uh, something must have happened with real entities that that imprinted itself on the human psyche, and it got carried down to us uh, in folklore, uh, in all sorts of stories, uh, even in jokes. Sometimes that's how things get carried on, um, oral history, if you will. I think that's really how it works. Something real happens, and then we put our labels on it. It takes on baggage, and it becomes almost something else. I want to ask you about that, about understanding the past when it comes especially to the paranormal. With Paul, Gene, and Tim, you're in... The Pericast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans. 
healthcare, nonprofits, and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, of course, history belongs to the winners but right part of the big problem here is trying to take really ancient stories many not transferred in writing but through oral traditions and find the accurate story behind them and this is something of course that makes me ignorant about oral tradition i just think of the joke played like on the old steve allen tonight show where they bring up 10 people from the audience And he whispers, Steve Allen, a joke to the first person, who in turn whispers that joke to the second person. And they go through five or ten generations, after which the final person is asked to speak aloud the joke that they heard. And of course, there's not the slightest, or is a slight, but very little more than a slight resemblance to the original. And so I put it to you, how could you take something verbally and transfer it accurately without writing it down as a backup. Well, that's, that's a good point, Gene. I'm thinking back. We did that in the military, that exercise, and in the seminary during spiritual retreats. I don't know for what, but you know, I saw the same thing in action many times. Well, I think that uh, as it may have started with somebody seeing something that they believed was a, was a supernatural being. I mean, you know, maybe it was. I don't. I'm thinking of the you know 30,000 year old uh, cave paintings in Australia, particularly at Uluru, uh, where you've got uh, discs, Bigfoot-like creatures, greys, things that we today would recognize uh, as any, as people who are familiar with with paranormal studies, all on this wall 30,000 years ago. So whatever they experienced, they probably didn't understand in the first place, and it began to take on the characteristics of the oral exercise you just described, which, in my opinion, would involve, uh, at least partially, the placing of labels, okay? 
these were gods or these were demons or these were you know something else other than ourselves and uh, coming down through history uh, they may have been somewhat embellished now now that being said I got into this with Minda Louie a little bit in 1979 in Australia, and I actually raised the same point. And I said, you know, we've got people passing down stories. We have, uh, even if things are written down, they're not necessarily accurate, which I'll get into in a minute. But he said, and I've talked to several shamans in different parts of the world about this, and they said, you would be surprised how accurately they're passed along from, from one elder to another. Now, I felt like saying, well, how do you know that? You weren't back there. But they have a certain non-island theory approach to life. And the island theory is another term Ben and I invented, that everything is contained within us. Everything is within our brains, within our bodies, all our abilities, all our imagination, all our talent. And even the, the, the study of uh, the consciousness, the physics of consciousness, is finding that that's baloney. Most of what we are is non-local. And you could argue that our whole life is non-local. As a matter of fact, Ben and I invented the term super life for all the different facets uh, of ourselves that are living in different parallel realities. Now, that's, that's beside the point, but uh, that's the idea. So there is a certain unity of, of thought. There are certain cultural parameters and uh, intellectual parameters that, according to the shamans I've spoken with, keep it more or less uh, accurate as, as it goes down. But then again, I still insist that, that we put labels on it that will make it difficult sometimes to find the exact you know, reality of what, what, what happened originally or in, in a series of events that were imprinted upon the human psyche. Now, that being said, I don't know how accurate written stuff is either. There are now made certain studies, you know, in biblical studies, things of this kind. There are many ancient documents. Everybody knows about the Dead Sea Scrolls and Nag Hammadi manuscripts that were found and uh, were sometimes similar or sometimes different versions of books that we know in the Bible. Uh, but the, there are problems with these documents. Uh, everything in the uh, Old Testament was written in he- Hebrew which was very difficult because it, uh, it, the ancient Hebrew has no vowels. Actually, Hebrew has no vowels. There are vowel marks today. But uh, Hebrew, uh, ancient Hebrew didn't have vowel marks, and they also ran all the words together. So what you read in wh- whoever translated you know, Genesis, and I'd like to get my hands on at some point because it's lousy, would uh, you know, have to get through all that. And it really depends on your own uh, religious beliefs what the translation would be. In the New Testament, everything except Mark was written in, in Koine Greek. Mark was written in Aramaic. And um, there were, so a lot of the Greek documents have come down, and uh, they were written by scribes, many of whom, oddly enough, were barely literate. They knew enough to get through their jobs. Uh, there was one I saw that was related to the, um, um, I mean, senior moment here, but to the, the uh, Codex Alexandrinus, uh, one of the ancient documents, and and it wrote in the margin, why did you change the original? And you tear your hair out because you don't know what the original was. Older documents uh, in the Greek could be less accurate than some of the more recent documents, depending on the sources. We don't even know all about that. There were, there's one, uh, which was one of the uh, epistles uh, of John, 
which has a part, this is in the Codex Alexandrinus itself, where the, the, the ink leaked through from one page to the page beneath it and turned the Greek letter Omicron into theta, because the Omicron is, an, is essentially a circle and the theta is the line through it, uh, which means God. So that, that becomes Jesus Christ is literally God. Now, there, there are other parts of the New Testament that say that in one way or another, and it's accepted in, in Orthodox you know, Christianity that that's what it is. But it just goes to show how inaccurate, you know, and, and little mistakes and little mishaps can change the meaning of the text. So the, the, I don't maybe that's why the motto of our show was everything you know is wrong. <laughs> because I mean, that's something that's interesting really here. Is. I'm thinking of the time I spent covering local news when I was news director for a radio station near Philadelphia. And I would work alongside those who worked for the local newspapers. And we'd each cover the same event. Now, obviously, I had a disadvantage. I had to reduce a three-hour meeting to a 30-second story on the air. They could write 500 words or 1,000 words of the same thing. So there had to be differences. But even then, I would read the story, and I would think to myself, hey, this person could not have been at the same meeting that I was in. But I know these people were smart people because I worked with them every day, and we'd hang out and we'd talk shop, and we were members of the same local press club and everything. But they came up with totally different versions. Now, then I might have thought, well, maybe there was some political agenda or they weren't as good as I thought they were, or more important, it's because of differences in human perception. And, of course, you're pointing out something here about little mishaps can alter the text of an ancient document. And we have people who have been telling us that it wasn't God that visited us in those ancient times. It was E.T. They came here, they did their thing, and they left. And we thought of them as gods because they did things that we couldn't do. They had all these big bags of tricks, and therefore it was magic, therefore they've got to be spiritual, they've got to be demons or gods, we don't know. That's how it is. But the real answer is that we probably have no clue what the original source of those events were and what they were based on. It's almost like what Kevin Randall does with UFO sightings, chasing footnotes where he picks up a story about a sighting and he follows it back through the books, the magazine articles, the newspapers, the original handwritten reports, whatever, and sometimes comes up with something totally different. And so it goes back, as you say, everything we knew is wrong. How can we talk about anything that happened more than three days ago? Well, even that, I, I don't know. They're, they're, you, know you get into the Mandela effect, but it's funny you mentioned uh, your journalism background. Uh, I was a, uh, I still am a print journalist, and so I'm the one who gets to write the 500 words. <laughs> yes, I, I could do that too. I've yeah. also wrote books, so I'm used to the 500 yeah. words and the thousand words. Right, right. So, but uh, I don't know. I think it's. Um, yeah, how do we actually know anything? Which, of course, gets into the study of epistemology, which is the uh, philosophical term for you know how we know anything, and uh, there are well you know, everybody goes back to uh, Rene Descartes. Don't get my son going on Rene Descartes; he can't stand the guy. There'll be something we can't stand if we don't 
right now interrupt this presentation for a second. Paul, Gene, and Tim, you're in. The Pedicast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. This is an important message. Do you have an IRA, 401k, or retirement account worth more than $100,000? Your portfolio may qualify for an IRS tax loophole that allows you to own physical, precious metals inside of your retirement account. Want our free report that shows you how? We are WealthProtectionResearch.com, and we help investors connect with the top precious metal companies in America to own physical gold and silver inside their retirement account using this little-known but very powerful IRS loophole. To claim your free IRS loophole report today, just text the word GOLD to 48542. WealthProtectionResearch.com wants to get this information in your hands now so that you can protect your hard-earned investments. Text G-O-L-D to 48542 to learn more. When you text the word GOLD to 48542, we'll send you a secure link to download our IRS loophole report to show you how to start protecting your wealth with precious metals. Don't wait. Text the word GOLD to 48542 now. Wealth Protection Research. Text GOLD to 48542. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, with Paulino behind the paranormal, everything you know is wrong. Tell us more, Paul. Well, uh, as I say, uh, the, the idea of how we know anything, let alone anything paranormal, if you go back to Rene Descartes, French philosopher and mathematician, he's the one who came up with the idea that uh, I think, therefore I am. Je pense, donc je suis. Well, on his deathbed, he reportedly took that back. He said, even that's not good enough. You know, and he didn't get into the philosophy of it, but you can you can take it from there. I mean, I've always wondered, well, how do you know where the thought is coming from? What if it's not from inside you? Maybe you don't exist. So there really is is uh, just, I suppose, faith in a way, in a, in a broad sense of the term. Well, you know, we get up every morning, we fulfill our responsibilities. Hopefully, we love God, love our families, and 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 uh, do what we're supposed to do. And to me. You know, whatever happens, that's how I want to be found. And it's simple, and it's uh, really foolproof. I think it's not subject to uh, mistakes in the text. 
And uh, I think that, that that's really what we come down to, a, a sort of a humility and a simplicity. And there seems to be a, um, a lack of that in modern society where we're, we're sort of trained to be narcissists, I think. So I think yeah, keeping it simple is really the best way to whatever truth we can find. And you mentioned the real world before, Gene. I don't know if there is a real world. You know, it's um, really subject to all sorts of uh, variables. And uh, I think keeping it simple is really the only way to proceed. Uh, maybe, as Aristotle suggested, the uh, tabula rasa, the, the clean slate, and you just start writing on it as best you can. That was exactly what they they taught me in um, journalism school was the uh, KISS philosophy. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's true. That's funny. I never went to journalism. I was in the seminary. And uh, when they threw me out for studying the paranormal, the only other thing I could do was write. I'd written for a few uh, religious newspapers. I threw together a portfolio. And, and uh, what I later found out was the worst newspaper in New England hired me. So I, <laughs> at least I got my foot in the door as a reporter. And it's been a pretty good career since then. <laughs> Talking about... Whether or not uh, things have been written accurately, I mean, you know, it's it's something that continues today. I mean, you look at most social media, especially when you have uh, a different uh, uh, people writing about one source, and you look at the just uh, the completely different takes on, say, a certain story uh, that will come out, especially if it's something controversial. And uh, and then how each one will propagate, you know, across social media. And so I mean, you know, we 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 live in an age where it's like you're talking about how you know, like the uh, uh, ink can bleed through, and you get a completely different uh, word on one side on how something that may have been an accidental or deliberate mistake nowadays uh, can propagate so widely. Till it's uh, believed to be true. Well, that's true uh, in the paranormal as well. Now, we, we all go to and to speak at paranormal conventions, UFO conferences, things of that kind. The, the pattern seems to be the same. You know, you have your maybe your book table uh, after you've spoken or before, and people come up, and, you know, they're, they're salt of the earth, great people, but they automatically assume that you believe it the way they believe it. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether uh, particularly the ghost things, uh, they'll go on, you know, but the, 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 they will have listened uh, dutifully to your lecture, which may be, uh, you know, providing an, an uh, alternative view to the paranormal from the traditional 19th century view. And they just walk up and they just, talk, just start talking about the traditional 19th century view as if you believe it too, as if they haven't heard a thing. So I often will, will doubt, you know, I, what have I not communicated here? But people believe what they want to believe. And they hear things in the context in which they want to hear it. I mean, you speak out of one framework, they hear it from theirs, and maybe you get nowhere. And writing, too. I mean, the people will, will – I mean, I've written things, as we all have, and people have totally failed to accept it in the uh, uh, framework in which it was written, and they take it from their own framework. So, I mean, what do you do? I mean, although there there are always plenty of people who who do sort of receive it in the way it was meant, but uh, if you look down through history, th- this is a human problem. Uh, we are, you know, we we are not logical creatures. Uh, I can see why Mister Spock would get frustrated. We are not um, sensible creatures. 
and uh, we we I guess kind of do the best we can, and that that's about it. But it can be very frustrating. I mean, just you know, as I say, whether it's spoken or written, you just don't. Uh, have the ability to to communicate uh, in any way. Now, does it, in a second, just to get back to uh, the oral history idea, one thing uh, there was a Cree elder in Quebec pointed out to me about why their particular world uh, was able to accurately transmit oral history was because their lives were very simple. They didn't have a lot of distractions. Now, 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 today, everybody in the world has, you know, got Facebook and TV and everything, so there are plenty of distractions. But at the time, this is in the 70s, he, he said, so I, I think that there, there might be some validity to that, that the fewer distractions you have, the more accurately you can convey your beliefs and the beliefs of your people. So may, maybe there's something to that. Well, just think here in terms of problems, we go back to a lot of the things we've investigated in our paranormal universe. And, for example, we had an episode with Greg Lawson, who is someone with law enforcement experience. He tried to look into the Roswell case and evaluate the testimony as a police officer would do, try to see mm -hmm. who's telling the truth and who isn't. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether what they say, the witnesses, is true or not. Even if true, it's filtered through at the time of the first testimony on Roswell over three decades in the interim, getting an accurate picture, a reasonably accurate picture of what happened is impossible. Well, it's true. And, and I can give you an example from that Bridgeport poltergeist case of 1974. There was a, a book that uh, and I when I heard the the urban f folklore that came down from this, you know, it's going on 50 years now that that occurred, 45 anyway or more, the, um, uh, the, the story went that Marcy, the little girl in the house, who was the one thrown across the room I was trying to defend in, in that incident I, I discussed, I just, uh, having to do with this uh, incident. And when you look at... Um, one of the folklore items, a sort of urban folklore that kind of came down from this case, it has to do with a book. Now, Marcy supposedly was uh, a uh, fascinated by the occult, the story goes, and she carried around a book written in Sanskrit, ancient Indian language. And th this is baloney because the book they were referring to was mine. It was an Eastern Orthodox prayer book with a Russian cross on the front, which has the three bars on it, would look funny to most people. And uh, if you open the book, on one side is Church Slavonic, which is in the Cyrillic alphabet, and the other side is in English. So I'm sure some well-meaning police officer or journalist or someone saw this book on the table, saw Marcy carrying it around, which she did, and just assumed that this is an occult book and, and you know, one step, step led to another, and the kid was responsible for the poltergeist case. And um, I was the only one to really be in a position to know that th this was not the case. So not only do we have uh, stories passed down inaccurately uh, in the paranormal situations, too, we've, we've got stories that are just uh, incidents that are simply misinterpreted and misreported. So I think that, that, that that's an example of what we've been talking about. And I have that book to this day. And I get a laugh every time uh, somebody I hear the, the urban legend about it. So 
this is just one example of all the other things that, that could have happened. Let's do our break and then we'll get back. Try to figure out if we can ever determine what really has happened as we investigate all this stuff with Paul, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Folks, it looks like food shortages are here and going to stick around. Supply chains are breaking down, and inflation is back with a vengeance. It's all part of the shortage economy. What used to be unthinkable is now in the headlines. Are you ready? Do you currently have a stockpile of emergency food at home? If not, go to MyPatriotSupply.com today, and you'll find an emergency food kit that's right for you and your family. My Patriot Supply is the largest preparedness company in America, serving millions of families like yours. Pick up a three-month food kit that stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage. The meals in the kit provide over 2,000 delicious calories a day. That's important when you need to survive. Order from MyPatriotSupply.com and your food will ship fast in unmarked boxes to protect your privacy. Don't wait for permission or more empty store shelves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R, T-T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. Tech. 
Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The Mech Tech Carbine Upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. You see, that explains why Tim Swartz always has a different closing for the, the Paracast stinger. He doesn't remember the previous ones he used. Is that correct, sir? <laughs> uh, uh, what was that question again, Gene? <laughs> Who is this? I can't tell which way is west. The sun doesn't look right. <laughs> but seriously just- speaking here, we look at trying to sort out testimony, and we're trying to figure out the answers to paranormal mysteries. And if we can't even figure out what happened, how do we solve the mystery? Well, I think we get to a point, Gene, where we just have to have the experience. Now, now we, we have one of our producers on our show is also part of our, our team. When we go out, not really a team. We're a group of friends. Everyone has a different talent. We work on the flat area cases. And she's always insisting, and, and she, she's a, a behavioral scientist by, by training and by profession, uh, that we have data, and we we do. We gather data, we gather uh, statistics, we interview people on camera. But it really is a very subjective experience. I think all of life is a subjective experience. You know, you might you might have a coworker and say, "Oh, this boss is horrible." Then what do you mean? I think you think he or she is great. You know, it's, it's all very subjective. So, I mean, that in itself will, will make for different stories. But do the different stories mean that that they're inaccurate. You know, who, who's more accurate, the, the positive thinker or, or, or the negative story? There may be no objective answer to that. It may be subjective as many things in life are. Uh, here's another example from the paranormal world, if you will. Uh, in the Pennsylvania Triangle case in uh, September 16, 2016, I was up in a field. Now, we had only started the case this year, 2016, and we this is only our second expedition uh, to the area. Now, it was a, we consider a flap area, large area where the, the, the neighbors, all the people would have, uh, you know, the rural area, but the houses were, were spaced. But people would have a ghost phenomena going on. Almost everybody had, who came to our neighborhood meetings had seen Bigfoot uh, and strange lights, sometimes uh, in close proximity. So I'm up in a field, and I have my cameras all pointed toward where we had uh, captured some photos of some strange lights uh, the previous trip. And, you know, you should know better after all these years. Things are not going to happen the way you expect them to. Off to my right, uh, I see Bigfoot, okay? Brilliant moonlight, huge legs and knees moving up and down, brown fur. I'll never forget it, of course. Uh, head bowed as if looking for something. Now, I, I consider that a very positive, almost sacred experience. 
Now, I prepare for going any wilderness area or any, any area of this uh, kind. I'll go in and I will do so with great respect. I'll say a prayer first, uh, th- this sort of thing, and maintain a, a spiritual sort of uh, attitude and um, state of being, if you will. A little girl, not long after, broad daylight, coming home from school on the dirt road beneath this hill, the description was the same creature, or one very much like it. She had an utterly horrifying experience. To this day, and we're talking five years, she will not talk to us, because you got these you know, scary-looking guys from New England with beards. I don't know, maybe that's it. But uh, she just she will come to the neighborhood meetings with her parents, and she just cries most of the way through it. I hope at some point she'll tell us what happened. But the story the parents told was that she ran into this creature, the same kind of thing, and was utterly horrifying, broad daylight. So, in a sense, the same experience, but totally different experiences. So I mean, you know, how do you measure that? What, what what's the objective measure of such a thing? Uh, you might say, well, the existence of Bigfoot. Well, I mean, what does that even mean? I mean, where where does a, a huge creature of that kind, uh, five to eight hundred pounds, live in a rural area, a rural farming country, but it's not wilderness? There are maybe ten, fifteen acre woodlots. You know, where do you hide a huge primate in there, and, and everybody ought to know about it? So, uh, hence our idea, which is shared by many cryptozoologists, that people are coming, that these things are are multiversal creatures coming and going in order to find food or whatever they do. So, you know, where is the objective truth? The experiences themselves are so very subjective. And we participate in them, I think, depending on what we bring to it. So, So, how do you, I'd be interested in seeing what Tim has to say about that. Well, it, it reminds me of uh, people, uh, say you have a group of people who have a UFO experience, you know, say the uh, UFO swoops down on the sky, hovers overhead, and then flies away. You know, you have one person who uh, is, to them, it's almost like a spiritual experience. I mean, they're just, you know, you know buoyant afterwards. And then uh, somebody else in the group is horrified. You know, it, it's, it's the most terrifying thing in their life. Uh, so, uh, you know, what's the difference? You know, very same event, yet two completely different reactions. What do you do with this? You've got a group of people, uh, UFO experience, Clear as day to some, other people don't even see it. Same thing with ghost phenomena, things of that yeah. kind. Even Bigfoot phenomena. You know, the, the, the First Nations will tell you that uh, Bigfoot is a shapeshifter, which doesn't necessarily mean changing into a cat uh, when it wants to, but coming and going when it wants to. So what do you do in uh, a situation where some people are, are having the experience, they're right there, they see it, and you can't? So now uh, you, uh, and I think this this may have been the the same around the same time, or maybe uh, the next time you were you know in the area when uh, uh, you and your group had the auditory experience in the garage. Oh yes, well that was actually May of nineteen, but it was in the same area. The uh, our base camp, as we call it, the the uh, home uh, whose uh, lovely lovely people are, are our hosts whenever we're there, and who very conveniently own a lot of acreage where we can you know do what we want and plant ourselves and stake out and all that. Uh, that would took place just outside their house. They have a lovely kind of patio area uh, with a you know horse corral in the back and all this. Yeah, that was uh, May 25th, uh, 2019, 
uh, we had uh, all, uh, and we did all see this. Now, there were six of us the previous night, th that night, the night of the uh, midnight of the 25th into the 26th. We were having, um, uh, just doing sky watching. And one of our people had said, I don't think we should stake out tonight. We should sky watch. He just had a feeling. Boy, was he ever right. Hmm. All of a sudden, from behind the, the trees comes a UFO, a UAP. But it didn't necessarily look, look like a craft. It looked like a glowing cloud with a solid object coming out of it and going into it in the end. And I happened to have my, my brand new, never been used, Best Guard of 300 IR telescope. I should say microscope, um, not microscope, right? Uh, binoculars. And uh, I got the whole thing on video. Uh, several minutes long. And again, we all saw this. Uh, it was uh, an objective experience in that sense. But we had been doing experiments with tones, as we call them, uh, tones or sounds, and just sort of playing the and music, playing these into the environment, and to see if it, just to see if it stimulated anything. I'd never done that before in all these years. We mm -hmm. are going to do our break here because we have to do those things. I know. We have yep. Paul and Tim and Gene, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp-made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack, focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The U.S. and the European Union have announced a truce on a trade dispute that began during former President Trump's time in office. The previous administration imposing a 25% tariff on European steel and another 10% tariff on aluminum in June of 2018, citing national security grounds. Those will be rolled back now, and the EU is going to also roll back the retaliatory measures it took. The fall classic continues, although it may not go much longer. The Atlanta Braves have just taken game four of the World Series, and they are one win away from their first World Series title since 1995. The Braves hosting Game 5 tonight. On Tuesday, there's going to be a ratification vote on a tentative deal reached between John Deere and the United Auto Workers, which represents the over 10,000 workers. And this is USA Radio News. 
Let's everybody get vaccinated. Vice President Kamala Harris rolling up her sleeve on Saturday for a COVID booster shot. She got the Moderna booster in D.C., and so far the CDC has approved booster shots for folks over 65, those with pre-existing conditions, and those who work at jobs with a high risk of exposure. The White House confirming that Harris's job duties of frequent travel and meeting with many people made her also eligible for that booster. An investigation is underway after an Amtrak crash left three people dead and one seriously injured in South Carolina. The North Charleston Fire Department saying that an Amtrak train slammed into a vehicle about 2.30 a.m. on Saturday. Four people found near the heavily damaged vehicle. Three were pronounced dead at the scene, and paramedics treated that lone survivor who was taken to a hospital. Officials say the train was carrying about 500 passengers. None of them were hurt. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Yes, there's Tim Swartz imitating the dreaded Joe Biden whisper. (laughs) I'm not getting into politics, folks. I don't care whether you like the guy or not. But he whispers sometimes, and it can sound a little strange. Very strange. Is he like that? Anyway, we continue trying to sort reality from the other stuff, for better or worse. You were in the middle of something. We interrupted you unceremoniously, Paul Eno. Please continue. Well, uh, thank you, Gene. Yes, this is the UFO sighting and video of May 25th and the 26th, 2019, uh, near Dubois, Pennsylvania, in the Pennsylvania Triangle, which was really our biggest case right now. So after that occurred, we um, went to bed, and we we had been doing tones, as we said, playing some music. Uh, I'd been up in the field before this sighting. Uh, playing music from uh, the American uh, composer uh, um, Maud Lawrenson, who is um, writes liturgical music and he writes uh, very very haunting stuff and uses dissonance in a very beautiful way, which is pretty hard to do. You're not a rock and roller, I suspect. Okay, well, well, as as I uh, began to play that, just up by my truck, I was by myself. All these lights started flashing around the truck. And this is May. It's way too early for fireflies. And I mean, I know what a firefly looks like. I spent half my life in the woods. And it wasn't that. It was just uh, 
exploding orbs kind of thing. And then after the um, UFO uh, sighting and, and uh, video uh, activity of that, uh, we went to bed. And the next day, th- this area has, uh, everybody's sort of the continental divide. But a lot of people don't realize there's a western continental divide and an eastern continental divide. And this eastern continental divide runs right smack through where we were which brings up some interesting geotechnic possibilities, including the Bouget anomaly, which is something that we find in the middle of all these flap areas. We want to talk about that. We can do that later. So uh, the following night, there, there's a park uh, commemorating the presence of this uh, eastern continental divide in this town. So we went over there, pitch dark, and we played some more tones. Now, the tones were played by our friend Shane Searway uh, that he'd gotten uh, at, from uh, Mount Shasta. Okay, everybody knows about that as a mystical place and all that stuff. And I played Lordson again. Well, nothing happened until we got back to the house. It was one o'clock in the morning or thereabouts. And uh, the, the garage of this home, this base camp, as we call it, uh, had an adjoining apartment where a couple of us would sleep and the rest of us would go out and sleep in our trucks. Uh, and when our producer and our research assistant had arrived from New York uh, of our show and all of a sudden over her head, there was a tone. It was a perfect C, Ben later. So now Ben was Ben is a sound, uh, has a degree in sound uh, design and audio engineering, and he was home preparing for a two-hour radio special we were going to do from our radio station, and so he wasn't with us. But he said later on, "This is a perfect C, absolutely perfect, no 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 distortions in it whatsoever." It appeared over her head, and everybody's looking at me. Paul, what did you step on? You know, and but there was no the alarm was very pleasant. It moved away from her head went out the closed door we all followed there were seven of us it was above us it moved to the right faded out powered back up came over us again and went off into the sky and it was the perfect sea i mean what is that what was that a response to the musical and and tonal stuff we'd been playing before was it i i don't know i had never experienced that in all my years so we're needless to say we're going to be doing more experiments with sound, but we referred to that as the tone. And the next day we had our uh, it was a Sunday we had our two hour special on behind the paranormal, and we were wondering are we going to have enough to talk about? Well, we sure had plenty to talk about. Our radio station has a video feed with it, and we showed the UFO video and played the tone, and uh, it was really quite, people can go back and look at it. May twenty sixth uh, or fifth or sixth of. Um, 2019, just look for the show uh, from that date, and people can can see the whole thing. But we all, in that case, heard everything and saw everything that was going on. It's, it was quite the objective experience. Uh, nobody didn't see what what we did or hear what we did. So that that was one example. But um, well, whatever no, that was, there, it was really something. Wasn't there, wasn't there somebody who was in the house that didn't hear Oh, it? yes. Tim, what would I do without you? <laughs> yes, yeah, so one of Ooh, our guests. I had gone to bed, was was still awake, I'd only just gone to bed, and the, the door was ajar between the garage and the apartment. Didn't hear a thing. Our hosts, who were in their bedroom right above the garage, didn't hear a thing. Even when and their windows were open because it was kind of a you know semi-warm night. When we went outside, they, they didn't hear it either, and they would have been right outside their window. So only the people who uh, seemed to be participating in this actually heard it. That goes back to your earlier question, though, about uh, uh, some people seeing a UFO in a group and then others not. 
Yeah, I mean, that's never happened to me. Uh, but I've uh, talked with people in, in different cases, particularly in the Connecticut flap area cases, we refer to it, uh, who were um, standing in a group. Some people saw it, some people didn't. Uh, other people in the southwestern Connecticut at that point, this uh, large uh, disc, glowing disc, came over a neighborhood. Some of the neighbors came out. Uh, others, some saw it, some didn't. So, I mean, it's just, uh, this does seem to be a situation where, where we, we don't just sit there like lumps and experience this stuff, I don't think. We participate in it. If this multiverse thing that we talk about is true, it's possible that maybe we're kind of partially in their world and they're partially in ours, and some people are not, some people are, uh, in the in an overwash situation, another one of our vocabulary words. And um, maybe that's how these things come and go, including UFOs. Well, that would also indicate here, Paul, that it can't just be normal physical spaceships from our reality, because then we presume it would be no more different than parking my car in the driveway, and we all look at it, and there's my car in the driveway, and there's E.T. flying above us. But if E.T. is straddling realities, not everyone will see it. I think that it might be just that simple, if you call that simple. To sort of add another layer to it, Ted Phillips uh, from Missouri, the late Ted Phillips, who was a good friend, and, and he had probably the best database in the world of evidence for physical UFO landing, you know, physical craft, would say to us, you know, it looks, it seems like these things have been changing over the past 20 years. Uh, you know, Stan Friedman was very much of a um, nuts and bolts kind of guy. Uh, although I think the, toward the end of his life, he kind of came around to some of our points of view. Uh, but, you know, if, if we were correct. But what would happen would be that, according to Ted, was that it, things became less nuts and bolts uh, from about, you know, 20 odd years ago, maybe more, and, and more ethereal today. Uh, he referred to Marley Woods uh, in Missouri, uh, where there would be all sorts of uh, sightings of balls of light, or light balls, he would say. Uh, he believed these were kind of the new UFOs and very often might have been probes. So you've got not only the, the changing perceptions, and we haven't even mentioned that you know, the technology of the day influences what we interpret these things to be. Uh, you know, as, as things got more technological in the 20th century, uh, they, they became, you know, flying saucers and, and spaceships and this kind of thing. Whereas in the 19th century, there was less of a, of a conception of that. And the, certainly in ancient times, they talk about shields in the sky or, or Amenhotep IV, uh, the pharaoh of Egypt, uh, otherwise known as Akhenaten, w would have his, what ap apparently was a UFO experience. And all of a sudden, uh, he made a decree everybody had to worship the sun disk. You know, so I mean, whether that was a UFO thing or not, but they, they, our own times determine how we, we really interpret these things. So um, now I think people are, are more amenable to more ethereal kinds of UFOs. Uh, there's even some discussion of UFOs being living things. Lots more to cover. With Gene and Paul and Tim, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is an important message. Do you have an IRA, 401k, or retirement account worth more than $100,000? Your portfolio may qualify for an IRS tax loophole that allows you to own physical, precious metals inside of your retirement account. Want our free report that shows you how? We are WealthProtectionResearch.com, and we help investors connect with the top precious metal companies in America to own physical gold and silver inside their retirement account using this little-known but very powerful IRS loophole. To claim your free IRS loophole report today, just text the word GOLD to 48542. WealthProtectionResearch.com wants to get this information in your hands now so that you can protect your hard-earned investments. Text G-O-L-D to 48542 to learn more. When you text the word GOLD to 48542, we'll send you a secure link to download our IRS loophole report to show you how to start protecting your wealth with precious metals. Don't wait. Text the word GOLD to 48542 now. Wealth Protection Research. Text GOLD to 48542. We've entered a time where sky truly is the limit and opportunity awaits. The Internet has become a platform of everyone's worldwide communications. Billionaires building businesses on platforms that didn't even exist a generation ago. But in the sea of noise, how can the voice of your business be heard? The secret is over 100 years old. Radio, 228% more effective than TV. That's 228% more effective than television. Brick and mortar and cyber businesses alike have found radio to be the most effective for building a brand and delivering customers. Learn the secrets of radio advertising by calling 877-996-4327 or email advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did 
what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. When you talk about UFOs possibly being living things, Paulino, I think of, number one, Ivan T. Sanderson, who had said things like that back in the 1960s. Trevor James Constable had a book out called They Live in the Sky. Hmm, living UFOs, tell us more. Of course, that takes us back to the spaceship in the TV show Farscape. It was a living thing. Okay, well, I haven't seen that, but I don't have time to watch a lot of TV. But I knew Ivan Sanderson, and it was pretty weird, but um, he was a marine biologist, but he, he wrote a lot of books on things that had nothing to do with that. Uh, but he had some some very uh, pioneering ideas and didn't care what people thought, and I respected that. Yeah, the, the idea of UFOs being living things. When the UFO craft uh, allegedly crash and the supposedly the government or somebody finds uh, the remnants of it, uh, you have all sorts of odd technologies. And at one point, uh, someone is referred to the, the Roswell debris as uh, warm to the touch and kind of like skin as opposed to metal. You know, Jim Penniston from the, the Rendlesham UFO case in 1980, uh, when he was an Air Force sergeant and he went out into the woods with, uh, with John Burroughs and saw a, a craft of some kind on the ground, will tell you that it was warm to the touch. I didn't really remember that, except in hypnosis, if you give hypnosis credibility. And it was warm to the touch, a funny writing on it. But uh, whether it was a living thing is another issue. But there are ideas about, uh, I think even Carl Sagan had speculated about creatures that lived in the atmosphere. And it's funny, you know, we often will, will put labels on things not only that are inaccurate, but that also depend on the context in which we experience them. You know, for example, if you're in your living room, minding your own business, and, and this, this flash of light maybe goes by, aha, a ghost. But if the, if, the, if the ball of light or flash of light is outside, there's a, there's a, a ball above it that, aha, an alien or a UFO uh, depends on the context. So I think that's certainly true that um, we have to deal with that as, as well, and it might be neither. The whole idea of orbs, which are so prominent in um, so-called psychic photography and the ghost studies today, we all, I think, have, have tons of – could, I could wallpaper a house with the orb photos I have. <laughs> you know, what are they? We say, aha, spirit orbs, people call them. Well, we don't know any such thing. If they're up in the sky, we might interpret them as, as uh, UFOs. If, if they're down on the ground, spirits or whatever. But the idea of living things might come into play here. Ben and I have a suspicion because of where we see them and where we photograph them, and we have seen them with the naked eye, that they may be living things feeding around the boundaries of parallel realities. A physicist would call them membranes or brains, B-R-A-N-E-S, 
Carl Sagan and many other people, astrobiologists today, speculate about the existence of plasma-based life forms. Well, what is plasma? It's essentially electrified air molecules, really. That's what these things look like. Now, interestingly, could be they could be living things, but uh, in photography, as long as I've done this, you know, back in the early 70s, we didn't have digital media. Uh, we had, you know, film and negatives and that sort of thing, and you had to take it to be developed or develop it yourself. I didn't see orbs of that kind. There were flashes of light that would appear. There's even a photograph of a flash of light appearing and, and near someone's leg, and you see right through the leg to the stone wall that the person was sitting on. Uh, more arrows in the quiver of the idea, in my opinion, that, as you said, Gene, uh, you, you've got a, a kind of a world there where uh, you're, you're catching an intersect point in our terms, and uh, the person was there in one world, not in the other. I have several examples of that from photographic uh, evidence for that. Uh, but today, you've got digital media uh, that in, will interpret things, and there are plenty of orbs, classic orbs, that I know were snowflakes or dust or bugs. I mean, you take a flash photograph in a cemetery, especially with a, uh, you know, some of the, the polished stone that you have today on some of the gravestones, and you're going to get reflections and bugs and all this other stuff. But there are plenty that we've seen with the naked eye and that, that, that do not act like that, and I think very well maybe plasma-based life forms. So the, 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 the idea we're going to hear more about it, and I think it's about time. Well, it's a yeah, sure you know, thing that this is not something that people like the Pentagon UAP task force will ever consider. I mean, that's not even not, on their radar. No. Yeah. Well, as, as I've often said, I think, you know, people, we grew up with, uh, you know, Mr. Spock and the Planet of the Apes and uh, Chewbacca and all this. And I think we would be perfectly prepared. We being just about everybody in the developed societies would be, perfectly prepared to accept the idea of alien life out there somewhere, even visiting us now and then. I think people would consider that pretty cool. People are ready for that. But I think what they're not ready for is the notion that, that if it's true and if this is what they're really keeping secret, that these things are not far away. They're right next to us all the time in these parallel realities. They can come and go as they please, some of them. And that uh, if the quantum physicists who believe this are correct, that all possibilities, all possible outcomes are out there, not only are there all possible beings, aliens, nice and naughty, or naughty or nice, as they'd say, but also uh, various um, forms of our worst nightmares and our greatest dreams. I mean, I, I don't think people could deal with that. I mean, and how would the government even come on and, and talk about that? And I think that may be the reason, the real reason for a lot of the secrecy. And in flap areas, that might be why we run into the military, or as I say, something that looks like the military, because um, wouldn't we love to weaponize the paranormal? Wouldn't, wouldn't we like to use some of these principles to make it appear uh, that we're manipulating space and time in the face of an enemy? Or, and or, think of the money to be made by this, because and, and, the commercial industrial uh, world has been in bed with the military forever, especially in this country. Think of the money that could be saved by eliminating trucks, trains, and airplanes from having to carry uh, goods or even people. Well, right now with the supply chain problems, we can't get enough truck drivers. I think they need 80,000 truck drivers. 
right now in the U.S. We're not considering other countries where the problems are very likely similar. If we could move that merchandise some other way, just beam it over, that would be great. But then again, you know, there's something about this Pentagon UAP task force report that gets me to believe that there's a certain measure of disinformation in there where they're trying to maneuver you or other countries because they must have a similar problem into moving or looking into a certain area and that way obscures what's going on. I mean, with the naval sightings, I could think they might just as well involve test aircraft and somehow they manipulate the way these things are read on their instrumentation so they seem to do things they don't really do. We're fooling them. But at the same token... We're also fooling all the other countries reading those reports. I think it's you hit the nail right on the head. You know, Gene, you've got manipulation is everything. You know, now first of all, there's nothing in that report that I um, didn't know about it, and and that, that everybody who really has been in the field for any length of time didn't know about already. I mean, I, so what's the big deal? Uh, I think the big deal is that people. Uh, you know, ordinary rank and file people are seeing the government is coming out and saying UFOs, whatever they may be, do exist. But that, that's how it's being interpreted. So that that in itself, I guess, is pretty big. But it's 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 a kind of a yawn, I think, for anybody in the, in the field. So uh, where it's going to go, if anywhere, I don't, I don't know. But um, uh, I think you're absolutely right. Manipulation is everything. And, of and course, there was supposed to be a follow-up to that report after a few months, but no one's talking about it. It hasn't happened. And maybe they figure it didn't cause too much publicity. I mean, the coverage was tepid. I mean, there's so many things going on in the world that very few stories live on the opening of the newscasts before they disappear yeah. from the news cycle. So certainly, even the revelation that E.T. is here, I suspect that would go for about three days. Oh, okay, E.T.'s visiting us. Let's get back to <laughs> arguing about the politics of the day or the pandemic or anything else. Well, you know the old saying in journalism, and nothing is deader than yesterday's news. But I, I think I think you're right. Uh, I know a lot of people who believe, both in and out of the field, who believe that this whole thing is just, just a, meant to be a distraction from the failures of government policies in other areas that are that are far more important to the ordinary person. So I think that that that's true too, possibly. Paul Dino, Gene Steinberg, and Tim Swartz, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors.
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I'm going to ask one more question, then, Tim, you can take it over here, which, of course, yes, we're more interested in all the other stuff. And in terms of the Pentagon UAP task force report, it's a big yawn for most people. Oh, okay, there's the report, and they didn't admit ETs here right now, so forget about it. I think the statement or the implication that there's an alien origin from former Senator Nelson might be significant, except there was very little coverage. I think I provided more coverage and details on the Paracast than most anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, somebody who's not a legislator anymore is essentially, a, from a news point of view, a has-been. So the opinion has about half the value of someone who's, uh, you know, in, in the whether it be Congress or whatever legislature or office now, and then that that's a better target. So, well, you think the guy's head of NASA then ought to mean something? But we're too busy watching well, billionaires send millionaires into space. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, head of NASA. I mean, that might impress some people, and probably not others. NASA is. Um, a government agency, and it's considered another, certainly another bureaucracy. No, no matter the, how exciting its its missions may be, uh, you're right. It, it's uh, news one day and not the next. There's too many other things going on that affect people's lives. I mean, that's not going to. Whatever you're talking about, UFOs and stuff, they're not going to put gas in your car for a reasonable price, you know, or. or the lower food prices, things of that kind. There are things that are of, uh, more important to people right now. Now, should there be an invasion or something like it, you know, UFOs appearing over every major city as some fiction as speculated uh, could happen, and it, it could, uh, that would get people's attention. But until that happens, I think people are more concerned with their pocketbooks. 
Yeah, you know something? If ET wanted to take us over, they wouldn't follow the Independence Day methodology. They would do it so quietly that we'd wake up one day and they were in control. I, I don't know. Well, Stan Friedman used to speculate about that. He said, you know, everybody says, well, why don't they land on the White House lawn? That, that's the oldest one in the book. Or why don't they fly around inside, uh, you know, the stadium during the World Series and say, here we are. Well, what was his exact quote? Uh, we're a primitive species whose primary activity is tribal warfare. Why would they want to talk to us? And I always kind of agreed with him on that. You know, this brings up the question of whether E.T. or alien in any broad sense of the term would consider us equals, at least equal enough to talk with in a reasonable manner uh, to communicate with. Uh, th that's a big if. I mean, th there's every indication from a lot of the different cases that there, there, are, there are several, if not lots of different species coming from who knows where or when to uh, study us and uh, to do other things, experiments or whatever, if that's what's happening. Uh, and it's not necessarily one race that's doing this. There is some indication, certainly from ancient history, getting back to the wars of the gods and things of this kind that have come down to us, and that there was the presence of someone else other than humans on Earth and influencing us as plain as the nose on your face. In, in ancient documents, in history, in folklore, in everything, uh, the question is, who were they? Were they hostile? Uh, did they really mess with us, as the uh, Eden story would indicate and the, and the other ancient documents we've talked about before? I don't know, but I mean, there's every indication that that, that is, is uh, what happened. The idea that they would treat us diplomatically as equals, you know, the whole uh, movement of, um, you know, uh, extraterrestrial relations and everything else that kind of goes along with the disclosure, disclosure movement, the exopolitics movement. You know, that's a real if. The implications are not necessarily reassuring, but are we dealing more with uh, the Europeans arriving in North America and dealing with the indigenous people here, or are we dealing with people who would treat us as equals? Or, you know, they're aliens. What, what could we possibly share except maybe a desire for survival? And if the multiverse thing is true, that wouldn't even enter into it. I mean, there's every indication from reactions to UFO crashes on the part of whoever crashed that uh, death is a, a minor inconvenience. It doesn't have any, me any meaning in their reality. So, I mean, as a, again, you know, we don't know anything really for sure about this or about our world or even about ourselves. So all speculation, I guess, is valid. You made an interesting point earlier in this conversation, uh, Paul, talking about the idea that we may be dealing with uh, an other intelligence that lives alongside us, albeit in uh, other you know realities, dimensions, whatever you'd want to you know, call it, and possibly the government may have some kind of idea that this is the reality that they're keeping secret from us. Well, Way back previously in this show, we were talking about how religion may be impacted by the idea of extraterrestrials from, you know, physical extraterrestrials from another planet. How do you think that our modern religions would react to this idea of a almost 
ultimate universal multiverse. I mean, well, I, I would think if anything would freak them out, that would. <laughs> yeah, I agree to a point. But I think if you, if you look back at the roots of many of our religions, uh, for example, the, 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 just in talking about Christianity in the New Testament, the very first words of the uh, epistles of the Ephesians refers to uh, and through him, meaning Christ, him being uh, and and through God through Christ, essentially created the worlds. And I said, what in English it even says worlds. Usually English messes it up, but it came through as worlds. And reading in Greek, the actual word is cosmos, which is worlds or universes in Greek. So that was deliberately used, and uh, somehow some um, right-thinking uh, scribe you know, preserved it, and it was translated and made it into the English translations. Uh, the uh, All sorts of, of ancient documents do the same thing. The Mahabharata, the, the longest poem in the world, it's the Song of India, and it's become well known in our field uh, as talking about Vimana, you know, flying creatures. Matter of fact, uh, we have a, an Indian friend who said, you know, we had a word for airplanes before airplanes even existed. <laughs> and if you, and the uh, the Indian Air Force actually refers to Vimana uh, for their their fighters and and warplanes. So I mean, it's, <laughs> none of this is new. Uh, it's new to us because we, as Graham Hancock says, are a species with amnesia. In the modern world, this sort of stuff is, is we're so busy, it's educated out of us, and we don't have these concepts. But when I talk to these shaman, uh, particularly uh, the one in Australia and the one in Quebec, the, the Cree elder, they said the same thing. This is old stuff. The, the people knew, even the religions know all about parallel worlds uh, in one form or another. Now, that's one thing, but I've kind of done over many years a uh, private survey of people and their relationships to their own religions. People do not understand the teachings or the history of their own religions most of the time. Uh, sometimes not even the, the, the religious leaders understand it. Uh, as a result, people pretty much believe what they want to believe. Also, you have to bear in mind, too, yeah. as you pretty much mentioned earlier, there's a lot of politics involved there, where those oh, who yes. created or appended or annotated the religious texts would probably manipulate it to convey a particular point of view or because they didn't understand what they had, so they did their best, given their level of development, to interpret it in some way that fits. Either way, you're not getting the real story. You can't chase the sources there because it's just too far back more to come with paul eno behind the paranormal with tim swartz of conspiracy journal and gene steinberg with something or other you're in the paracast <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Folks, it looks like food shortages are here and going to stick around. Supply chains are breaking down, and inflation is back with a vengeance. It's all part of the shortage economy. What used to be unthinkable is now in the headlines. Are you ready? Do you currently have a stockpile of emergency food at home? If not, go to MyPatriotSupply.com today, and you'll find an emergency food kit that's right for you and your family. My Patriot Supply is the largest preparedness company in America, serving millions of families like yours. Pick up a three-month food kit that stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage. The meals in the kit provide over 2,000 delicious calories a day. That's important when you need to survive. Order from MyPatriotSupply.com and your food will ship fast in unmarked boxes to protect your privacy. Don't wait for permission or more empty store shelves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com, keyword antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 honorary forest ranger betty white here lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey bear because for 75 years he's only said only you can prevent wildfires but there's a lot more to say Like, if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So be careful out there. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Are you see? 
The problem with oral tradition is best exemplified by Tim Swartz. But you get my point of view here. You know, we're trying to understand the images of the past being conveyed to us by these documents of history or religion or both. So, Paul, how do we know? Well, I mean, I think things do sneak through that are very ancient and that, that, that can give us some clues. Of course, we have to make a, a judgment call on that, you know, what's accurate and what isn't, as, as we talked about previously. But things do tend, tend to leak through, including that word cosmos, and it's translated into English. Another thing that leaks through is uh, another that, that things that could indicate possible alien, have alien implications. Uh, there's a principle in the Old Testament, it's, I'm thinking of, particularly in the First Kings, to talk about a divine council where God stands up in the midst of the of the gods and says, gods though you be, you got to do this, 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 and this. I mean, what? That's something that very ancient that leaked through. Now, certainly, you know, the, the, the ancient uh, Israelites were influenced by the other Middle Eastern nations. Uh, every nation is influenced by their neighbors. But it's rather amazing that that, that made it through uh, not only the... Um, the uh, into the Old Testament, but also through the Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D., where the Christian Church decided, you know, what to put in the Bible and what not to put in the Bible. So somehow that got in there, and uh, it indicates that uh, there are other gods of, of one form or another, and possibly um, alien uh, realities here. But as far as um, I don't know if it would have such a tremendous effect anymore. Uh, on people. I think, again, people don't really understand their own religions. I think that they believe what they want to believe. Some would accept it, some would not. I mean, I'm on all kinds of, of live call-in shows all the time, and people find out I have a theological education, and, and they will blame me for not embracing their religious beliefs. <laughs> so they'll call, you know, how can you do this? And I say, so, well, you know, I mean, it, it all depends on, you know, whether you know about your own history of your religion or not. I'll, Roman Catholics will call up and say this, 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 and this, and they accuse me of heresy. Well, as one who studied this stuff, I, I can see heresy after heresy after heresy in what they're saying. You can go nuts just thinking about this stuff. So I think that uh, in the end, people will decide what they want to believe, how they want to believe it, and uh, that I don't think the alien thing is any exception. You know, again, unless they come in like bulls in a china shop, start, you know, wrecking stuff and, you know, doing the science fiction movie thing, that would be different. But I think as far as uh, revelations that, that aliens exist and uh, may be visiting, I think that it, I don't think it would have that much of an effect at all. Which I don't know if you have read Whitley Strieber's uh, book. Uh, he released this in 2020 called A New World. I haven't but, read it yet. No. Um, he basically is saying that the entities that has you know been communicating with him, you might as well have 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 written this book, Paul, because the very same things that you're saying, Whitley is saying as well. But he's saying that these other intelligence, that their goal is to join with us to uh, enjoy mortality because they live in a eternal world and they want to know what it's like to live in a brief period of time. Basically, Whitley is saying that these things are wanting to do just what you said to 
make that that grand entrance into our world and we just have to accept the idea and welcome them in sounds almost like the demonic point of view though doesn't it where dracula can't enter your home until you invite him Mm -hmm. yeah yeah until you you enter his home of your uh, of your own free will right right except that you know whitley is you know couched it in the whole you know modern you know ufo uh, other intelligence type of phenomena but i mean you know he's gone beyond you know saying that you know we're dealing with extraterrestrials from other planets that we're dealing with the other yeah yeah that's what ben and i seem to mean these parasite cases now i i like whitley and i trust him but i you know i just i i would i, I have to read the book first to really see um maybe i'm i'm getting up there in years uh call me responsible or something but i, I just you know I, I get more doubtful about uh the uh face value of many of these points of view as i get older um and you know i, I think i think that in the end well my favorite quote from my favorite saint uh, Julian of Norwich is in the end all would be well. And I think in the end everything's going to work out, but in the meantime there are plenty of mess ups and plenty of ruses. The, these alien parasites that are talking about who came across as alien in, in all these different cases, and who I I believe I was running into too in, in in possession cases when I was working with a priest while I was in the seminary, and you know, and I just didn't think what was going on was right I, I i didn't i i didn't think we were doing any good i think with the, with this uh especially with the roman catholic institutionalized commanding ritual they were using i think these things were playing us for fools i think they were feeding on it because half the time the priest would have to go back and do it again and even after i graduated from the seminary i kept in touch and you know he'd have to go back and do it again and uh these things were acting like what we wanted them to be because what does nature have among its mimics? We, they're you know, walking sticks. There are all kinds of things that appear to be uh, inanimate objects so they can attract prey or avoid prey. And I think that these parasites are just part of nature, although inter, you know, multiversal nature. And I think that this is what, uh, what they're doing. They're, they're being whatever they have to be. They'll appear to be sometimes you know, Uncle Nick who died, you know, five years before, and, um, you know, and what, what you're seeing could be Uncle Nick in a p- parallel reality where he never died. I think that's what ghosts are all about in most cases. Uh, but the parasites can use that, too. So I think it's a matter of uh, extreme caution and being knowledgeable about how these things work and realizing that, that, that you're lined up to be a hot lunch <laughs> if you don't watch out. And... Uh, I don't know whether Whitley's doing that. I, you know, I don't know, but I think aliens uh, of any variety uh, can't be trusted. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's uh, you know exactly uh, the situations that I've run into in the past where uh, you know somebody is you know having pulled a guy's experience haunted house or whatever, and somebody comes in and is like, oh my god, there's demons in this house, and boy, <laughs> the next day 
you can bet that all, you know, if there's any crosses in the house that are turned upside down, you know, 666 is scrawled across the yep. wall. Yeah, it's just, you know, the phenomena is just waiting for something to glom onto, you know, to, I guess, you know, like you said, kind of further the fear and the energy. So well, of course, that's like a mirror effect that's going to mirror your expectations, your fears, and cause all sorts of problems. Part of this is getting us into John Keel territory, don't you think? We've got Paul, Gene, mm. and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. USA Radio News. I'm Brad Bernards. Amazon.com Incorporated's advertising business grew at the slowest pace in five quarters, but still delivered a higher growth rate than those of key big tech rivals. The e-commerce giant made a little over $8 billion from its advertising business in the three months ended September 30th, growing 50% year over year. Florida is following through on Governor Ron DeSantis's threat to sue the Biden administration over the federal order requiring employees of federal contractors to be vaccinated against COVID-19, arguing that the U.S. government lacks the authority to impose the order. We've gone from 15 days to slow the spread to three jabs to keep your job somehow. Are you kidding me? DeSantis, who has been fighting vaccine requirements issued by private companies, said the federal government is exceeding their power. This is USA Radio News. Police are investigating after a shooting early Saturday at a council member's home in Gilroy, California, left one person dead and three people injured. Gilroy police said in a statement that the department received a 911 call about 12.55 a.m. on Saturday. Upon arriving at the scene, they encountered a large outdoor party and learned that there was an altercation where at least one person fired a gun. Senator Joe Manchin and Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell huddled on the Senate floor, engaging in a deep face-to-face conversation Thursday, just days after a report said the West Virginia Democrat was mulling flipping political parties. McConnell on Fox Business. Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, the two most important Democrats in the Senate, have the ability to kill the whole package, to dramatically reduce the size of it. I'm praying for him every night. Biden delayed a scheduled overseas trip on Thursday to meet with Democrats on Capitol Hill. This is USA Radio News. 
Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is me, the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. So, Paulino, did you follow much the works of John Keel? Oh, yes. I almost got to know him, but he got sick and translated, uh, you know, before we had a chance to do that. But um, I'm always fascinated by anyone who has a journalism background, you know, such as yourself, who got into this. And John was a print journalist like me and had a rather interesting checkered career. But his whole involvement involvement with the Mothman affair of the 1960s was really, really fascinating. It's funny. I was a kid in uh, 1966. I was uh, 13 years old. And my mother would point out to me in the Hartford Current in Connecticut, where I grew up, uh, these, oh, they saw that giant bird in West Virginia again. And I, I was fascinated by that. And then, you know, as years went by, I found out more about it. But John uh, was um, one of the pioneers, along with um, uh, some others, I'm thinking particularly of uh, Jacques Vallée, of the, um, well, what he called the, the, the window area idea. And this, I think, was a sort of a precursor or, or, or a way of putting kind of the multiverse idea out there, as Jacques Vallée was doing in the 50s, that you had an area such as, in this case, the Ohio Valley, with all sorts of phenomena going on that are not traditionally related. Now, anybody who knows the, this story of the Mothman thinks it's just about the Mothman sometimes. Uh, if they really go into it, they'll see it wasn't just the, this creature that the press dubbed Mothman. They were going to call it Batman, but but the TV series was starting at the time, and they didn't want a giant lawsuit, so they called it Mothman instead. But in any case, there was Mary Heyer, who was the local journalist. She worked with John Keel on some of this, talking to witnesses, and um, there were plenty of other things that were going on, including UFO sightings. The witnesses we talked to who were kids at the time when we were down there, down there twice, Ben and I, uh, would talk about uh, footsteps on their roofs at night red eyes looking through their windows or out from under their furniture, uh, increased psychic abilities on the part of many people. Uh, one remembers one of the men in black sort of figures coming in, and he had an Air Force uniform on. Her father was a veteran, and so the, you know, the insignia were in the wrong places, things of that kind that were really weird. Now, John Keel later on uh, did admit, and I gave him credit for this, uh, to embellishing some of the the stories that were in the Mothman prophecies, which surprised me, but uh, nevertheless, I, I respected him for admitting it. But on the whole, 
from what I can see, it was relatively accurate. So the whole Mothman thing, I think, is a perfect example of what he would call a window area and we'd call a flap area. Well, if you ever read the book The Silver Bridge by Gray Barker, an allegorical interpretation, it's almost, or it seemed to me at the time I read the book, which goes back to the 60s, where Barker was saying the arrival of Mothman hinted at the tragedy that was going to happen. Well, that's a a very uh, easy way to put that, to stay out of trouble, because there's every evidence that the Mothman phenomenon in one form or another was going on from day one in that area, back as far as the uh, Europeans and the natives could remember, uh, and it's still going on. The Mothman prophecies, uh, which, of course, the book bears very little resemblance to the film, but I like the film. It, it, it's, uh, they really build terrific atmosphere, and, and it's uh, the concepts are really interesting. That uh, the Mothman was the uh, was uh, prophesying, as it were, the collapse of the Silver Bridge in uh, I believe it was 1967, and that. But I, there's no indication that that was what was really happening. Uh, well, at least John Keel got to see Richard Gere play a stylized representation of him. Well, I think he he and uh, Laura Linney saved that film uh, from the plot point of view, uh, but they they were the stars. But I I rather liked it. I think it's certainly got a cult following. But the idea of um, the multiverse does seem to be, in a way, kind of in the background. Uh, it's not really brought out. Hollywood seems to be afraid of that idea. Um, we're constantly being approached by producers. We have one who's really got the the, the bit between his teeth and he is determined to make a series or a, a feature film of, about us and this whole multiverse idea because it's never been done before so i you know lots of luck they're afraid to try anything new but that's that's beside the point the, the mothman idea um is it's really still going on and they're uh, around chicago right now and really since uh uh, in 2019, there have been all sorts of reports of Mothman-like creatures, some seen uh, more than one at a time, uh, in the skies around and over Chicago, uh, which, of course, is a lot bigger than Point Pleasant, West Virginia. So that's uh, that's uh, ongoing and developing. So it's become uh, a part of the, uh, the paranormal world, uh, the Mothman idea. Now, that raises the question of, uh, you know, people's perceptions becoming reality. The um, Slender Man phenomenon uh, started on the Internet, and there's no indication that people were actually experiencing it like this, but, but a couple of people put the story out there that this you know, weird slender figure would come along, and they were almost like Halloween-ish kind of characteristics. And all of a sudden, people started seeing it, or said or they said they started to see it. And uh, in, in some really negative circumstances sometimes. So, again, you know, how many of these things are, are they anything we've been talking about? Could some of these things, even Bigfoot, UFOs, aliens, could they be thought forms that we produce? Well, we you know, when you together? bring up the fact that something existed on the Internet and may attain some kind of reality, that's so much in our society where, for better or worse, meta Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Realities are created on those services. They've got algorithms that create the reality that somebody expresses an interest in something. They take it and they create the reality that will get the most engagement. True or not, the most engagement, 
Therefore, you'll click on the most ads. Therefore, they will make their record profits. That's what it's all about. But in a sense here, they are creating a reality. People live in this reality having nothing to do with what the truth is. It's making a complete mess of our society. And then we're talking about multiverse. This is another kind of multiverse where you have perfectly normal people being manipulated into a reality that exists only in the cloud. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know what? A hundred years ago, even you, you lived in a town, you had your family, you had your friends, and you know, you went out and you, you interacted face to face. Now it's an entirely, well, a virtual world, you know, as, as you've described it rather well. I think it's, uh, what do we do about it? Can we do anything about it? Because getting back to the Slender Man thing, I, I don't know how much money that makes anybody, but um, they've already made, there's already been a film made about it, so I guess it, that can make money too. But the notion of thought forms is present in some spiritualities. The tulpa in Tibetan Buddhism, where the monks would sometimes create by concentration a, a thought form that would actually take shape and uh, would sometimes develop a mind of its own and become a pain in the neck. So, I mean, is this present in other areas of the paranormal as, as a part of the process whereby these things will, will uh, come about? There was a uh, group of students in Ontario, Canada in the 70s, I was in touch with some of them, who actually uh, came up with a story, as an experiment, came up with a story about uh, a person and the whole... Uh, the story of the person's life just made the whole thing up had a seance and there was the person and in my opinion it was a parasite you know at that point you know sort of uh, they rang the dinner bell but uh, there was another time that was done and there was a, a woman and they actually could photograph this person who hadn't existed before supposedly uh, so I mean th- these are all ways we participate in this i think maybe calling parasites in many many cases but um now with the internet i mean we're in uncharted territory here we are Uh, creating virtual realities we want to have these goggles with ai that google tried a few years ago google glass which was a huge failure but the idea can be frightening create a fake reality for everybody and yeah. that's where they go. We've got more to come with Paul, Gene, and Tim. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about 
Paracast Plus. What better gift to give your loved ones than the gift of good health? And where better to buy those good health gifts than Sunny-Bay.com? Hey, it's great that you're hearing this message now because buying your holiday gifts from Sunny Bay early will save you money. And that's just one reason why Sunny Bay is in business and has been for over 15 years, helping you with fashionable and useful products for better health. See our unique and quality-made travel pillows or our unique neck and body wraps that help immediate pain relief and deep muscle relaxation. Come at a wide variety of uses, apply hot or cold therapy, and are all made in the U.S. See our great selection, affordable prices, and wonderful health products at sunny-bay.com. And remember, order early when our stock is high and shipping is fast. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. And happy holidays from Sunny Bay. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR. Capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Paul Eno joining us, and he, of course, with his son, and that's fun because I work with my son, or used to, from time to time, he's responsible or one of the guilty parties for behind the paranormal. I'm creating a reality too right now. Everybody's silent. Oh, did you ask a question? No, I just Suppose threw that thought? out there. I thought you'd say something nasty or something. That... 
But the point being here is that our reality has become a complete mess because we have the Internet that has its own reality. We live in this virtual world. We can put on the goggles and we can see another world. There's a theory here that we live in a virtual reality, a matrix reality, that there's some force out there that's directing what we do or creating our environment, and they just watch and listen or manipulate us. Well, that's the the holographic theory or part of it, which I think is the other side of the coin from the multiverse idea. But it's very weird, but a lot of physicists, or some anyway, suggest that the math and the science is pointing in this direction, that we are a projection of something. The question is, who's doing the projecting? Is it God in some form? Is it aliens? Is it us, ourselves? Uh, Are we our own virtual reality? Have we always been? I don't know, but uh, it's a really strange way to explain, but but a credible way to explain all the synchronicities. Uh, and our old friend um, Timothy Green Beckley was, was uh, really, really fascinated by synchronicities. We did whole shows on it with him, both on his show and Tim's and, and our own. Synchronicities being, of course, coincidences or forms of coincidence, which I don't really even believe in. But you know, there are things that happen that just, it's like something is pulling strings behind us. They're just so unlikely, and they happen all the time. Uh, whether it's meeting somebody, you know, you're in another country, and you meet uh, your next-door neighbor. I've actually heard of that happening. What are the chances of that? Th- things that, that uh, you know, you, you think of it, and then it happens. Things even in history that, that uh, were predicted. You know, there's a, there's a famous story about, in the, in the 1890s, uh, somebody wrote a short story about a ship called the Titan. And all the uh, circumstances were the same as the Titanic some years later in 1912. I suppose th- there are only so many ways to tell a story. But nevertheless, I mean, there, there are too many, too many synchronicities that are going on. And it makes you wonder about this, you know, somebody's really kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes. Well, you also realize, too, that a lot of times maybe that synchronicity is you focus on a rare event and it becomes more significant. And That's the simple true, way to look yeah. at that is you buy a brand new car. I'd say the car is a Volkswagen Jetta. I've had like two of them so far. And the first time I bought one, and I suddenly would see that car everywhere. Everybody had that car. If you look at the sales <laughs> figures, it's not true. It's, you know, it's kind of down there. You know, the most popular compact car is actually the Honda Civic. Okay, I didn't see Civics all over the place, although they are all over the place. Volkswagen, Jetta, everywhere, because my eye is focused on it. And right. I wonder yeah. here if some instances of synchronicity may be due to the same cause. You're focusing on something. And so where you have the rare occasions where something lines up, yeah, but now you're looking for it, and then maybe it'll happen again. Well, I can give you an example from uh, more or less the paranormal realm here. Uh, We just celebrated in Rhode Island here and everywhere the uh, 20th anniversary of that terrible nightclub fire in 2003. In the state this small, we all knew someone who was there or knew someone who lost someone who was there. It affected all of us very, very, still does. I got to know, because he was in radio, the father of the youngest victim of that nightclub fire, name is Dave Kane. My family media company made a dubious foray into book publishing 
in those years, and I, you know, which I regretted <laughs> when the authors weren't rich and famous in six months. It was my fault. But uh, the father of this fellow came through, and uh, he said, "Would you publish? Are you interested in publishing this book?" about my son. I wasn't specifically about the fire, but it was about the weird synchronicities that had happened since the fire. And I think that in some cases, at least, it had to do with things that went beyond simply being aware of a certain, in this case, it was a number, the number 41. For some reason, this young man, who died at the age of 18 in this fire, Loved the number 41 since he was, you know, a baby, pretty much, you know, which is straight. He had a ball cap with the number 41 on it and all this. And why? I, nobody knew. But the number 41 started coming through immediately. The, the first thing that happened wasn't particularly the, the number, but it was um, the, uh, the they got a call. The, the boy's cell phone had been destroyed in the fire. But nevertheless, the day after the fire, they got a, a call from his cell number. And it said Nikki on it. Nikki O'Neill was his name. His parents were terribly relieved because you don't know. It took a couple of days for people to, to realize, you know, to find out what had happened to their loved ones because it was, it was such such a disaster. And they said, "Oh, he's okay," but there was nobody at the other end. And uh, the fire department assured him that they had uh, the phone was, you know, had been destroyed. They got it back, but it was completely unusable. So was was that simply? Uh, you know, concentrating on something or being aware of it. I mean, that was a really genuine, weird experience. But all of a sudden, the number 41 started coming through. And in fact, the name of his book was 41 Signs of Hope. And example after example after example of this number coming forward, you know, much of which could probably be explained, uh, as you did, Gene, and, and, and very reasonably so. But the number 41 started manifesting in my life. I edited the book personally, and it came out to 41 chapters. You know, that might have been unconscious on the part of the author to construct it that way. But I called him and said, you're not going to believe this. Uh, there were photographs taken with uh, the image of this of this boy standing behind his mother long after the fact. So th there may be more to it than just, um, in some cases anyway, than just recognizing uh, the number or, or the, the focal point of... Uh, you know, whether it be a car or a number. So, but you know, who's going to sort that out? Yes, reality. What a concept. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Slippery concept. But of course, if we're dealing here with a reality that can be altered, how could we ever, ever hope to understand any of this? Good, big, huge question. We're going to end this particular segment of the show and then. Paulino will be back on After the Paracast for more discussions, further explorations into the fact that what we think we knew is all wrong. But tell our listeners some right answers now. If they want to find more of what you do, where do they go? Well, the best way is just go to BehindTheParanormal.com. And that's got all kinds of gateways to our main site with case histories. And it's also got over a thousand hours of shows because we first went on the air in 2008, my son and myself. And any topic you want to discuss, you'll probably find it in there. And uh, we were on CBS radio for four and a half years. It's all free. So help yourself. Okay. Books you can buy as well. Tim Swartz, where do we find your stuff? Sure. All of my books you can find uh, on Amazon.com, and my website is ConspiracyJournal.com. Uh, lots of articles by, from myself, uh, uh, the late Timothy Green Beckley, and uh, Sean Castile, and many others. Sounds like a plan. 
You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Meta. I mean, Facebook. Okay, that's going to take some getting used to. But we got used to calling Google Alphabet, right, folks? Or maybe not. No. You can can find branded merchandise for the Paracast at theparacast.shop or theparacast.store. Either one, theparacast.shop, theparacast.store, with the logos and the T-shirts and the hats. And I think we got some throw pillows in there which you won't want to throw after you get them. Also, we have the Paracast Plus, where we offer a special version of this show free of the network ads with better quality audio. We also offer the After the Paracast podcast. Oh, it's uncensored. Seriously. Don't have to follow the FCC rules and regs. After the Paracast, to learn more, go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. We also offer a special deal for lifetime or five-year subscriptions. Use the coupon code UFO20, that's 20UFO20, for a 20% discount at the Paracast.plus. Paul Eno, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Tim. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>